Welcome to episode six of Fire the Family podcast. Thank you so much for uh, being here at another episode. It's been a couple weeks. I've really just been focusing on uh, content for the website, firethefamily.com. And now I'm going to start adding a podcast episode to accompany each uh, article that I write. So I'm pretty excited to um, further increase the amount of content that's on the website and uh, the content for you to consume uh, the whole idea of the uh, the podcast is is ultimately to package up the articles that I'm writing uh, in a way for you to consume it that's more convenient. Uh, I know when I first started getting into um, learning about personal finance and pretty much any interest I have, um, I utilize podcasts and YouTube videos while I'm in the car. Obviously, don't watch the videos while I'm driving, but just have it plugged in for the audio. And it's super helpful to just maximize your time on the way to work or on the way to dropping kids off at daycare uh, instead of listening to music or the radio, um, just to listen to something that's a little more uh, educational. Uh, So that's the idea here. So it's going to basically each one of these uh, episodes is going to follow the article that's on the website. So today's uh, today's topic is savings rate. So uh, savings rate is the lifeblood of the FIRE movement, uh, the financial independence retire early movement. And Without understanding your savings rate, it's really difficult to determine where you're at on that journey or how quickly you can achieve financial independence. Um, if you don't know how much you're able to save, you're basically your the amount of money that uh, you take the amount of money that you're spending, the amount of money that you have coming in each month, and that difference is how much you're potentially able to save. Now, whether you actually save that. Uh, in a bank account or in a retirement account or save it at all is is really important um, and where you save it. Uh, so ultim- so really to, to easily define what a savings rate is, it's just the ratio of how much money you save each month compared to your total monthly annual or annual income. So if you were able to save uh, $15,000 a year and your gross income was $70,000, your savings rate is effectively 21%. So you have 21% of your income available to you to invest or to make investment decisions with. So naturally, the higher your savings rate, the quicker you're going to be able to potentially reach financial independence. Uh, But it's not that easy. It's not just a matter of putting that money in the regular bank account uh, that earns almost no interest and can't keep up with inflation. You have to find smart places to put this money. That includes uh, high-yield savings accounts. It includes uh, tax-advantage retirement accounts or even on the open market is better than nothing. Uh, The highest priority, in my opinion, is first, if you have a company 401k uh, or Roth 401k where they provide a company match, you wanna at least put enough in to get that company match. So for example, uh, my organization does a 100% match up to 3%, and then I believe it's a 50% match for the the next 2%. So I put in 5% a month and at a minimum, and to get that that company match in a Roth 401k. A Roth 401k is similar to a Roth IRA, uh, but it's just the Roth version of the company 401k. So really, the more money I could put into that account, if my savings rate is 25%, if I put all that 25% in that savings account, that retirement account, then my entire savings rate would be working towards financial dependence for me. Uh, So if I were to increase that savings rate to 35% and also put that additional 10% away each month in my company retirement account, I would reach fire or financial independence sooner. That is what I'm trying to get across. So 
it, it's a cool, it's great if, you're, if your savings rate is 20%, 30%, even 40 or 50%. But if you're not putting that money to work for you, uh, then you're not, you're really no better off. Um, sitting there saving tons and tons and tons of cash isn't going to help you achieve this goal. It's, uh, it's while it's going to be nice, it's going to be great to have available to you uh, in case of emergencies or, any, or anything like that. Uh, you're not likely going to need, you know, 40, 50, 60, $70,000 uh, in cash, unless you have a major purchase coming up, maybe you're buying a big house or, um, you have some other things that you want to put your money in, but that doesn't take you towards the financial independence, uh, lifestyle or goal. So really, I mean, the, the goal here at Fire the Family isn't to, the media wants to push this, this narrative that people that are interested in financial independence want to quit working, they hate working, they're lazy, they're millennials, and that's pretty much what they're, all, every article I've seen in the last six months has been about, essentially. It's, um, it's how all these young people are trying to leave the workforce uh, because they don't want to work, and that's just not the case. Uh, it's extremely, it's pretty much the exact opposite of that, really. Um, and here at Fire the Family, I can only speak to what we're doing and what our goals are. And uh, since there's really not that many sites or podcasts out there talking about fire in relation to raising kids and being married and, and everything that comes along with that, uh, really for us, it isn't to quit work in 10 or 20 years. It's, it's to achieve a level of financial independence sooner than the traditional retirement age of 67. Um, notice I said achieve financial independence before retirement age. So I didn't say I want to retire. I didn't say I want to quit working. I want to be financially independent of relying on my nine to five income every month or every six months. Um, that's really it. I want to be free from that. I want to be able to move my family across the United States if an opportunity arises and it's right for our family. I want to be able to uh, take some long time off if I need to or I want to. I want to be able to uh, cover bills and invest and save and build generational wealth for my family that I could pass on to my kids someday. I want to do all those things. Um, and with that, you need to be financially independent, financially secure. So for me, uh, getting reaching that by the age of 45, when the boys, 45, 46, when all three boys are pretty much out of the house um, and on, you know, setting their own goals and, and raising their own families or, or going down whatever path they choose to go down, that's a great age for Kayla and I to achieve this, to be financially independent. That's 17 years from now. I'm 28 years old. So it's not something that we're trying to do super quickly. Um, if we do, then great. And I think we're going to do it sooner than that. Uh, mostly because currently our savings rate is about 25% with childcare and childcare makes up about 20% of our income. Um, and so, uh, maybe a little less than that. And so without childcare, we're going to be saving 40 to 50% of our income. And, uh, other than emergency fund, it all goes into investments. So, um, I'm pretty confident that while the next two or three years are going to be a little slow going with the, the 25% uh, savings rate, that in a couple of years when childcare is no longer a thing um, and our incomes will have increased in that time frame, we'll, it won't be a big deal for us to be saving 50% of our income. And that will just drastically speed up the, the path to fire and we'll be 30, 31 years old. So uh, really excited for that time, um, that time to happen. And just to watch these accounts just continue to grow uh, tremendously over the years. Um, so really, for me, our financial independence number 
is at least 1.25 million. So for that means basically that means we can uh, withdraw $50,000 a year from that retirement account if we were actually going to do that. Uh, and we would be, we would, that'd be the 4% rule. We wouldn't outpace the gains of that account, uh, with the average annual return of the S and P 500 of about 8.1%. Um, that's the kind of the, the general rule of thumb is that 4% rule or 25 times, whatever amount of money you want to have each year. So I was just talking to my mom the other day. Um, and it came up in conversation and it's like, man, if you want, you know, if you want $70,000, $80,000 a year in retirement, when you actually quit working, yes, you, you got to have to over $2 million in the bank. So a lot of people don't understand that. That's an important thing, an important rule of thumb. And it is that just that, a rule of thumb. It isn't a one size fits all. It isn't perfect for everybody, but it's a great benchmark for uh, where you're going to go. So to talk a little bit about our savings rate currently, uh, Kayla and I combined, because um, we've had our finances combined since the day we got married. Um, that's kind of a funny story on its own. Um, our, our total household income is $130,000 as, as to, it stands today. Uh, that doesn't mean we made $130,000 this year uh, because Kayla was working part-time as a preschool director leading up until August. And I um, had moved around in a couple positions at my job this year uh, good in a good way. Uh, achieved a couple promotions that were really, um, really good. But basically starting over and learning uh, a whole new process and having to re-ramp up. So with new accounts. Um, so for me, I'm still on an upward trend for the year to get to where my on-track earnings are. And uh, Kayla just started teaching kindergarten uh, for the school district full-time. So our income nearly doubled uh, when she started teaching there. So um, our we're about a month a month into uh, having a dual income household, dual full-time income household. So um, our income monthly is that of a $130,000 income. And uh, we found that we've been able to save about uh, 24% of that. Um, that includes daycare expenses. So like I said, if it wasn't for daycare, we'd be at 40, 50% of our income or higher um, being able to save that. Um, and I do on the website have a, a nice table uh, basically of, of our budget um, at firethefamily.com and um, talks about our gross income. $130,000 a year is $10,833 a month. That's before taxes. We are in the 22% effective tax rate, so that's about $24,200 a year uh, or $2,000 a month that we end up spending on taxes. And then uh, that gives us a net income of about $105,800, and that's a monthly net income of $8,800. Um, and then kind of I list, you know, I list on the website what we are spending our money on, essentially. Our biz- biggest expense is daycare for two kids, $21,000 a year. That's expensive. Um, and monthly that comes out to be about 1,780 bucks. That's about as much as our, oh, well, that's more than our mortgage by a couple hundred dollars. That's extremely ridiculous and I hate it, but it's kind of the nature of the beast for the next two or three years, unless, uh, something cool comes up and I get to work from home or something perpetually. Um, so then our mortgage, we spend about 18 grand a year on mortgage or 1500 bucks a month. And that's including an extra extra little bit uh, each month towards the principal um, just for smart purposes. Um, and then uh, groceries and household staples. We spend about $1,000 a month on groceries for a family of five. This includes Costco runs um, for you know toiletries and necessities and food and 
Uh, we do online shopping. That's one, one way that we drive some of our costs down. We shop online for our groceries. Um, and then it just kind of goes down. Uh, it's organized from most expensive to least expensive. So you can see everything that I pulled it right off of our every dollar budget. We use the Dave Ramsey every dollar budget app. Um, and I pull that right off of that budget. So everything we spend, including our allowance for each other, is on this budget. So check it out. Um, our total expenses are 79700 bucks. Uh, that's monthly. We spend about $6,600, including daycare. And uh, with the standard deduction, $24,000 from taxes, uh, all things considered, we're saving about $30,000 a year or $2,500 a month. And that gives us a savings rate of 24%. Um, so like I said, the higher your savings rate, the faster you could potentially fire. Right now, we're on track for about 16 years. Um, I'm not looking at the, the recent calculator that I did, but I think we're about 16, 16.5 years away on the path that we're currently on. And as soon as we can get that rating, that savings rate up over 30, 40, 50%, uh, just short, shortens it. If we were to be at 50% today, we'd be less than 10 years to retirement, which would be pretty cool. But, um, or I guess financial independence, which would be cool. But I mean, like I said, we're not in a major hurry. And then in 10 years from now, we'll be close to a million dollars in the bank. Um, and that, that, that alone excites me and I'm not looking at touching the money. So, um, I have a lot of deeper thoughts on the website about this and I've talked to a little bit here, but, um, it's, this isn't money that I'm, I'm going to be withdrawing and we're going to be pulling from. I don't ever plan on quit, quitting work. Um, maybe someday there'll be a time where we need to do that or we want to do that. Maybe our mindset changes in 10 years, but I'm 28 years old and I love my job and I love working and maybe someday I'll transition to more of like a teaching or consulting role. Um, once I build up some of that experience, I want to really want to leverage uh, the MBA. Um, and Kayla's going to work on her master's next year and she's planning on teaching as long as, as long as she can. So this isn't, this isn't a matter of us wanting to quit the workforce. It's about us making smart financial decisions and setting our family up for really long-term success. And if that time comes later in life where maybe I get injured, maybe I hurt my back doing squats or something, and I can't work, then you know what? We're fine. We're self-insured. We're taken care of. Um, it's so much goes into this thought process of why I want to do this. And just because it's to me, it's being a good steward of my money. Uh, we're being entrusted with an awful lot of money and it's way more than we need. Uh, we, I mean, we've got a flat screen TV. We've got two cars that are newer than 2015 in the driveway. We've got a nice little yard with a couple chickens. We've got a dog and a cat. Um, we've got nice appliances. We remodeled our kitchen uh, this last year. We're planning on putting laminate floors in this year, uh, hopefully before Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, we've got you know we've got everything we need. We take a vacation every year. Um, yeah, we're happy. We don't need we don't need to spend. If we were to spend another ten or twenty thousand dollars a year, uh, it'd just make me sick. I mean, it would be a, what would we spend it on? Like we'd probably spend it on food, to be honest, uh, eating out in restaurants and things, but. Um, yeah, to me, it's just wasteful. And it's kind of like people are all about saving plastic and saving the turtles and not using straws. Well, you know, how about save some of your money? Uh, put some of that away, be responsible with it and uh, set, your, set you and your family up for long term success. Uh, so also on this post on this article, um, we talk about fire calculators. So fire calculators are great financial independence calculators. Whenever you need to know a complex answer uh, that involves mathematics and formulas, it's great to use a calculator. And I love doing so. Um, but my favorite one, my favorite calculator is, um, uh, let's see, it has a Monte Carlo simulation. 
Uh, that's kind of the most important thing I want you to know about. Uh, what it does is you input your income, you input your spending, your, it gives you your savings rate. Then you can uh, make a bunch of assumptions as far as uh, average stock returns, your average tax rate, uh, let's see, retirement spending, all sorts of stuff. And then it kicks out an answer or a graph and it puts you on that graph and it tells you, you know, how far away you are from reaching financial independence uh, and being able to enter early retirement if you wanted to do so. So for example, I have a picture of uh, $100,000 income with spending $50,000 of that. So you have a 50% income, uh, I'm sorry, a 50% savings rate and an average stock return of 8.1%. On the Monte Carlo simulation, uh, you're also 95% stocks and 5% cash and you're 30 years old uh, on this calculator that I just inputted. Uh, and then uh, your average bond returns 2.4%, which we don't have any bonds in that, in that at all. So with that, the answer is essentially 13.8 years by age 43, you would have uh, sufficient funds to uh, you'd have just over a million bucks. I think one point three three seven, one one million three hundred thirty seven thousand five hundred dollars in retirement savings in thirteen and a half, thirteen point eight years. You'd be forty three years old if you were able to save fifty percent of your hundred thousand dollar income. That's just for easy math. Um, you can open up the calculator yourself, and it's just like the best thing ever. And the website is called engagingdata.com. And it's honestly, I think it's the best early retirement financial independence calculator on the internet. Uh, and then I have a couple others on a post that I just did recently. So uh, nine ways we reduce expenses. How do we reduce our expenses? Because you might have you might have a savings rate right now, 15%, but you could probably get that above 20, uh, which is a few tweaks to your expenses, the expense side of your budget. Uh, number one is to have a budget. How are you going to know what your expenses are or how to reduce them if you don't know what you're spending on them? So I, I love the every dollar budget concept through Dave, Dave Ramsey. We pay for the app. We love the app. I have a full review of the app on the website. And because of that, I know exactly where every single dollar of our income is going. Uh, so here's nine ways we, we reduce expenses. We combine finances with your, with your spouse. So when I got married, like I said, we combined our finances. Finances have always been combined our goals have been combined our financial goals we're on the same page we know where we're going we know we, where we want to be we both have access to every account we communicate we tell each other about everything uh, we follow the budget we both follow the budget that's important we grocery shop online with coupons and we show up for pickup so it is an extra like five dollars to grocery shop online and pick it up at the store but you're also not tempted you're not walking through the store while you're hungry you're not you know marketing isn't getting the best of you you're just picking what you need off the internet you just, we just do the same grocery list every, every month and uh, we pick it up. So, and then we know exactly how much we're spending before we check out. And that's super powerful. Um, that's super, a super good way not to end up with a bunch of frozen pizzas or, you know, candies or whatever it is that starts getting really expensive um, from the grocery store. Also don't buy toys, RVs, boats, etc. I want a boat so bad. Um, and it's something that we've talked about um, in the next couple of years, but I don't know. I don't think. I don't think it's gonna happen. Um, those are so expensive for what you for how much you use them. Uh, RVs are a big one. So um, I shadowed uh, working in an RV uh, dealership for a little while, a um, couple years ago, and man, they sell these things, these forty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollar RVs. You drive them off the lot. They're worth half that. And then people come back in wanting to trade them in. And the depreciation is just so extreme. The materials they're made out of don't last 
as long as you think that as long as you would want them to and it's just the amount of money that they cost and the amount that you use them uh, we like doing airbnb when we go on vacation it's just turnkey for us with having the kids we just show up and we're vacationing so this this might be a trigger thing for some people um i mean for all i mean it's your life get an rv if you really want an rv but if you want to reduce your expenses having a monthly payment on something that you're going to use a couple times a year uh, just isn't super smart in my opinion learn to do it yourself Use YouTube, use YouTube. We remodeled our whole kitchen by using YouTube. I fixed many things in the house that we would have had to call a specialist like um, like the dryer, like the AC unit, like the fridge. <laughs> Lots of things we've had to fix that um, I've been able to fix myself uh, just by using YouTube. Uh, keep subscriptions to a minimum. Don't sign up for every subscription. Don't sign up for trials and forget about them. Uh, that's a big thing about having a budget where you can see transactions. You'll, you'll identify where you have some subscriptions to services that you're not using. Um, cook dinners with simple recipes that you can buy in bulk. So we cook pretty good sized dinners, but I mean, it's a lot of pastas, a lot of spaghetti and Alfredo and chicken and ground beef, hamburgers and those types of meals. But I always cook leftovers. So if you're already cooking, Add a little more ingredients, make some leftovers, you'll have lunch for the next day and you'll be less tempted to eat out. And then uh, I doubled down on grocery shopping online. It's just so important to uh, do whatever you can to stay in control um, and not let uh, advertisers get the best of you because they'll take you for everything you got. Uh, really, you just want to think saving, not spending. So uh, do you, you know, I drive around town and I see garages just full of junk, like people, and it's like, how do you have, or we have friends and family that have yard sales, like twice a year. <laughs> like, how do you, how do you get amass so, so many things, so much stuff that you now have to sell it for pennies? Um, I just don't, we, I don't know. We've just never had enough stuff to have to do that. Um, and probably because we clean out, you know, we clean stuff out a lot and we don't, we don't hoard a lot of things. My wife's pretty organized, but we also don't buy a lot. We buy what we need. And we, a lot of the entertainment that we consume and stuff is digital. It's TV videos. Um, we have a Nintendo switch, like that kind of stuff. So, um, doesn't take up a lot of space, I think might be it. I'm not sure. Uh, I also don't buy like a tremendous amount of tools. I don't do a ton of hobby projects in the garage. Um, just basic yard work and stuff around the house. But um, yeah, that one's always kind of confused me. So um, do whatever you can to just not spend. Like don't go out just to spend money. Don't go shopping for entertainment. Um, really stay in control of, of that, um, that dopamine uh, feedback loop. Because uh, that's what it is. I mean, you swipe your card, you get an item, you get something new, you get some new clothes. I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things, but it's got to fit your budget. Um, we're so really, I mean, how much do you think you could save? Uh, try, try it out. Get your savings rate up there. Try living with a, a savings rate that's 10 or 15% more than what you currently are living with and see how it feels. Um, Kayla and I did that and we basically went down to bare bones and we went a little bit too far. We went down to about 4,200 bucks a month expenses, not counting daycare. And we realized that that was, that's where it started to hurt with a family of five. Um, that's just like our, you know, our mortgage and all our basic bills and stuff like covered a lot of that. And then after food, we didn't have a lot, we didn't have hardly any leftover. Um, we were saving a lot. We were able to save quite a bit, but that was where it really started to, to hurt a little bit. So we raised it up. We added, you know, but we added some funds back to that monthly budget and it loosened up and we feel a lot better. But at that point where you loosen up a little bit, you just feel, you feel in complete control of your bills, of your finances, of your monthly budget. You, you just feel like, man, if we had to, if we absolutely had to uh, go down to the rice and beans meal plan, 
we would survive. We wouldn't die. It would be okay. Um, and then by bringing it up just a little bit, you're just, you know, enhancing your life a little bit. You know, uh, if there's a month where you want to spend a little bit more, you have the room to do that. And if you want to take a vacation, you have the room to do that. And one of the biggest things, the best things about having a high savings rate is that when you want to go on vacation or if you have an emergency, a lot of times you can just cash flow it. So you might have an emergency fund of ten or $15,000, but if something goes out, like we had to get all new tires uh, for, the, for our Ford Explorer, and it was, I don't know, it was like 1200 bucks, we just cash flowed it. We have a high savings rate. We just absorbed it into the budget the next month and or that month, and there was not a big deal, and we didn't even have to touch our emergency fund. So that's, that's a big part of it. Cash flow is huge. Um, yeah, so those are my thoughts on savings rate. That's important. It's, the, it's like one of the three main pillars of uh, financial independence retire early. You've got uh, savings rate. You need to have uh, an, a good average annual rate of return. And you've got to have time. You've got to have time in the market. Uh, those three things. If you don't have a high savings rate, you're not going to have any spare money to invest or to make decisions with or to absorb emergencies. So... Um, that's super important. And that's something I think that's one of the biggest things to pass on to uh, new people. Because if you want, if you get interested in your savings rate, then all of a sudden you're interested in your budget. You're interested in a lot of other concepts that are really good for financial independence or just financial health, financial literacy, getting smart, learning about finances and money and how money works. If you don't understand how money works, how can you ever control it? Um, and uh, the big goal with us is not to be controlled by our finances uh, because that is like the basis of fear, especially in a family, in a marriage. You want to feel secure. You want to feel uh, safe, and money will, money will help with that. Um, so, yeah, thanks for hanging out on the, uh, the episode. And uh, check out the website, firethefamily.com. Uh, stop by, leave a review on the, uh, the podcast if you feel, feel so inclined. Definitely appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys appreciate this you know, additional content. Um, it's kind of like I mentioned in other episodes, it's uns- pretty unscripted. I just follow kind of the headlines of the post and just go off the cuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I do appreciate you guys. Hope you have a great work week and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks.